0: Luke May looks like the Waluigi version of uh, Kevin <laughs> <Luke>. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Alright. i to start the show now.
1: Alright. <laughs> want to make sure we got, got all our bullshit out for good. Alright. Hello and welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your second episode of 2019. This is Brian joined by my regulars, John and Brad. John, how are you doing this evening? Good. Brad, how are you? It's been a while. Hey, what's up? You weren't here last week. I know you had a lot of important CSR manager stuff meetings going on, so we'll give you a pass. Um, Billy is joining us again this week, and he should be joining us throughout the rest of the draft time. Billy, how are you doing this evening? Pretty well. How are you? Oh, I'm just splendid. Um. So, if you've been reading along with the site this week, we've been focusing a lot on the defense. So to start off the CSR podcast, I'd like to talk about Carolina implementing a little bit of the 3-4 defense doesn't sound like they're going to make a full-blown switch, but it sounds like it's going to be – they're going to run a lot of the multiple-scheme-type fronts, you know, a lot of 3-4, a lot of 4-3. At least that's what it sounds like conceptually. Um, so I'll start with John on this. What do you what do you think of all of that talk going on throughout the offseason?
0: I think it's a good thing. Um, I can't remember who it was, but I heard somebody uh, – I think it was Kyle Van Noy. I heard an interview with Kyle Van Noy, and he talked about how the Patriots don't uh, – do a thing where, like, this is our game plan and you have to game plan for us. They actually game plan for other people. And I think anything where you can vary your looks and vary what you do to be matchup dependent is a good thing. So I see no problems with it.
1: It's amazing what happens when you, uh, you know, change up your game plan a little bit and be a little unpredictable on defense instead of just running the 4-3 mm. into the ground. It's amazing what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad. Give me your take on that.
2: Pretty much what John said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean
2: it I, I think I think that when you when you run the exact same front over and over and over again and you don't adjust to what the other team is trying to do, you set yourself up for failure. And I I think it's a great idea that Ron wants to incorporate more three four looks. So hopefully we actually do it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird that he hasn't because of the whole, you know, having a background with it in San Diego. Um, Billy, give us your thoughts on how that could work out, what how that could be implemented, maybe what kind of personnel they need to bring in. Yeah, so I think. You know, if you go back to
3: the San Diego defenses, which I I saw a couple games already um, back in 2010. He didn't they didn't really have like that much high-end talent on their defense. Um yeah, you know, obviously Eric Weddle was like one guy everyone knows and they're, actually their actually their secondary was pretty good, so I can't really uh Quentin Jammer, I know former Panthers legend Antoine Quezon. <laughs> uh um but like and obviously Weddle and so they had like pretty good players in their secondary. Uh, but their linebackers and their defensive front weren't really like household names. And so I think what he did, uh, especially in the three fours, did a lot of matchup coverages. And um, he, what he would do essentially is have the linebacker act as they have different like uh, terminologies. Uh, one guy on Twitter, James Light, um, he calls when a linebacker is like essentially acting, playing multiple roles and breaking up crossing routes, he's called a rat. Uh, and what the coverage essentially does is, anytime like a crossing route, like they play the Patriots, and the Patriots obviously love bringing those crossing routes to like Adelman or Amendola or whatever. So like, if multiple crossing routes are coming within the zone, um, you know the linebacker just like completely like lays a hit on the. Receiver, because I think it's still legal within like the five yards at the time. and It is. in so, that, yeah, so that was a role that the linebacker would do. And it was a lot of like other pattern match uh, coverages, which I was pretty impressed with. It really denied. And then you go back and look at their performance the last four games of this season. I thought they played pretty well, even coverage wise. I know the Browns, you know, kind of uh, did some things to them on the ground. Uh, which, you know, that that happens. But I thought, you know, through the air, I thought the Panthers played pretty well Um, that game. I just felt like Mayfield made some really spot-on throws, which, unfortunately, I don't think any defense would be able to stop. So, uh, yeah, I'm not – I guess, like, I I agree in some respects. I think this will be good um, because, like, in the past they would run – essentially their same coverages and our same defense over and over and over again. And that was fine because like their defense had so much talent, but now with a lot of that talent in some ways gone or some of that talent just losing, not being as good as they once were, It, it makes sense to be multiple like the Patriots are because like the Patriots, we don't really think of them as like a, they don't really have that much talent on their defense, but they do a really good job with scheming. And, and hopefully I think that with Rivera's past in San Diego and even those last three games of the year, I think you can potentially see them improve in other areas that, that we, we didn't see this past year. I think they're probably going to need more defensive linemen. Um, I think the linebacker position is fine. And, and I know everyone is clamoring for like a an elite edge rusher, and I am too, to be honest, but I don't think you I think you can get away with guys like Mario Addison and another like mid-tier guy that you can probably find a free agency or the draft.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I think the one thing I'm looking for as if we're if we're gonna really run the 3-4 like quite a bit, not as just like a small wrinkle. I really want to see them find like a natural three four outside linebacker, like the edge guy. Um They're not easy to come by, but that would make a huge difference in this defense, in my opinion. Like somebody who has run that kind of defense, has rushed the pass or has played some coverage. You know, it doesn't have to be like the next Vaughn Miller or Terrell Suggs, but I think at potentially at sixteen, they could find that guy really easily. What do you guys think about that?
0: You know who would be a good uh person for a 3-4 defense? Outside linebacker. Who would that be? Thomas Davis. You think would
1: so he? as a 3-4 edge?
0: I mean not like just as somebody who can do both, not that he would be like particularly great as a pass rusher, but he has, you know, some he's we've used him as a pass rusher before and I think it just, you know, so cuz I think with most of the personnel right now that we have on the team right now, like even if we do a 3-4 look, you kind of know where that fourth rusher is going to come from. Because like, if you put Mario Addison as a stand-up edge, he's still just a, basically a defensive end. Like You know he's not going anywhere. He's not going to drop into coverage that, all that often. One so, like, thing Thomas I, Davis, even if... Yeah, that, ahead, that's,
3: that's right. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, just someone that could do both, even if like he's not you know, a really great pass rusher. There's at least, like, the this guy might come, he might drop back. We don't know yet. But most of the other people on the team would be like, well, that Mario Addison's not dropping into coverage. F.A. Obata's not dropping into coverage, even if they're standing up at the line of scrimmage.
1: I guess my concern would be, like, Thomas Davis setting the edge consistently against an offensive tackle in the 3-4 if he was the outside edge guy. I don't know if he could do that. Billy, do you disagree with there?
3: No, I'm I'm just going back to... John's point there. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. One second. Oh, sec.
1: yeah. Take your time. Yeah. yeah that's you all making... night. No, sorry. So, just going
3: back to John's point, I, I think a lot of people get caught up in the 3 4 4 3 distinction um, because while, yes, a lot of teams aren't really coming out in even and odd fronts on defense, I think what matters is if they're playing a one gap or two gap. Uh, on their defensive line, and essentially, what that means is the defensive line, especially like how many gaps are they occupying in on the line when they are asked, um, you know, on every down. Like in in San Diego, and even in Carolina, like they've always been a one-gap team. Uh, I think you know if you look at a defense like the uh, the Texans, they run two-gap principles, and even a three-four defense like the Rams, they run you know their one-gap. And so I, I think that it's pretty much the same because, like, you're still occupying that one gap in them, you know, on the front. And um, I don't see that being a huge difference. Now, as far as the edge rushers go, it's similar, too, because I know a lot of people, like, when Wade Phillips, he took the uh, defensive coordinator job with the, um, with the Broncos in 2014 or 15, whenever it was, and, you know, they immediately became a 3-4 team. A lot of people wondered, like, what kind of – three, four outside linebacker would Von Miller be in. And obviously he turned out to be, like, still really good. So I don't know if it matters too much um, because I still think that you're going to be, like, you're probably just going to be in a two-point, or excuse me, a two-point stance as opposed to a three-point stance uh, when you're lining up.
1: Agreed. Yeah, it's still... Like you were saying, it's a lot of the same principles, regardless, 3-4, um, 4-3, four, yeah. four, whatever look you're showing. It's not like you're going to suddenly blow the quarterback's mind because you decide to shift to a 3-4. It's still a lot of the same concept. Um, obviously... What What's you eating there, Billy? Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not case. It's Okay, it's a day like
3: Brian likes.
1: hey you should see john he's over here cooking up steaks while he's on the podcast so you're you're fine Uh,
0: (laughs) billy doesn't understand those jokes but there have been episodes where like i get on right when i get home and i've we have this little pizza oven and it's it's very compact it's just like a a rotating tray and uh i like bring it into my room and make pizza like while we're recording because it's i was hungry i've done it a couple times and they make fun of me for it
3: well, I mean, to be clear, it's a fig bar from, uh, that I got from Trader Joe's the other day. So,
0: mmm. Healthy, healthy guy here. Healthy guy. Well, yeah.
3: yeah. Well, the snacks, I got to try to keep it a little
0: clean during the week. <laughs> during the week. During the week. <laughs> Calories don't count on the weekend. Oh, no. Definitely not. Nope. Never. For nobody.
1: Um, oh shit, where was I going? Um, so, regardless of, uh, you know, whatever the Panthers decide to do personnel wise, whether they become a multiple front, whether they become they are pretty much four three and just use the three four a little more than they used to, they're gonna need defensive linemen. Like I think we can all agree on that. Um looking at free agency, I know we discussed this a little bit last week, but there's been some more, you know, discussion about guys getting franchised tagged and whatnot. Um The Panthers are going to have to pony up for a defensive lineman in in free agency, maybe even two, if they decide to go in and try and address that before the draft. Um, In my mind, I think Ron Rivera is the type of coach to address that position first before going into the draft, but I don't know who he's going to plug that hole with. And we were discussing David, or Jadavian Clowney today in the Slack chat, or I guess that was yesterday, um... Trading, you know, James Bradbury and so and so draft picks for a guy like that—is there like a feasible possibility we could that the Panthers could get somebody like Jadavian Clowney or someone of that echelon, where they're an instant three-down starter in free agency? Do we think that? Um, I'll start with you, Billy. Oh since I, God. but Yeah, I don't. I don't think Clowney is feasible. I just
3: think they're gonna. I just think that he's gonna cost way too much, even if he was available
1: yeah um that's like he's like in
3: the same tier yeah he's like demarcus lawrence and him i think are like not happening here
1: i think you just crushed brad's dreams hello hello i'm here hello
0: yeah (laughs) um are are you there billy i'm here okay okay yeah, I, well, that just would not be a very Panthers thing to do, anyway. Like, we don't have very much cap space, even if we do all the cuts and stuff that we um could to save money. It's it's not a very great alley. I mean, it would be great to have a good defensive end like that, but it would basically be the only non-draft acquisition we could make. Nah. Well, there goes Brad.
1: Oh no. Brad, oh, why? It's okay. Um, yeah, one already...
3: guy who who makes sense, but I think he's actually going to have like a stronger market than people realize. Is uh, Preston Smith?
1: I absolutely agree with that, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, didn't you bring his name up last week, Brian?
1: Uh, I brought up
0: Mor- or one of you guys. He did. brought
1: up. I think he brought up Preston Smith because I think I brought up Morgan and Graham.
0: No.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, so we we just we talked we discussed a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: Um. So I was reading Joe Person's like little Q and A chat that he did at lunch today. Uh, I mean, there were some pretty good questions. Uh, you know, one guy that he brought up, which actually kind of makes sense, um, is Shaquille Barrett. I don't know if you guys brought him up last week.
1: Uh uh-uh.
3: mm-hmm. I mean, he he so, played in the three four for like the Broncos like the past. You know, four, three or four seasons he was backing up Von Miller. Um, I think he's pretty productive too. Uh, I think he would, the only problem with him is, which I don't think it will be a problem in three, four, is his lack of length. Um, He's never been like a really imposing figure. Uh, You know, he doesn't have like the 34 inch arms that you see from like your top edge rushers, but he was pretty productive for the Broncos and I don't, know if they're going to be bringing him back because it seems like Denver's in a lot of has some cap issues to sort out. They just signed Flacco or traded for Flacco and they're probably going to release Case Keenum and that's going to not going to be cheap to get rid of him. So I think that he's a guy to keep an eye on if if they're going to try to attract a guy in free agency.
1: Kill Barrett. Interesting. Um one thing I also would like to bring up is just, uh, the three specifically like defensive linemen and in, in regards to not edge rushers, like defensive tackles, three, four defensive ends. Cause Carolina is still kind of lacking in that department as well. Um, they are, Kyle love is going to hit free agency. I don't know if he'll stay in free agency, but you know, we have k one short Don Terry Poe was relatively unproductive. Um, Wes Horton's set to hit free agency, so there's a lot of needs there as well. Um, so it's not there's it's not even just like Panthers fans are like defensive end, edge rusher, we need those. But there's there's more to it than that with this defensive line now. Like they really need to revamp it altogether, essentially. Aside from maybe Kwan Short and Don Terry Poe, um, Billy, do you have anybody in mind as far as like free agents, or we can even jump into the draft if you'd like. Um, with guys that might be able to address those positions. As an edge rusher or defensive lineman? Like defensive lineman or 3-4 defensive end, not edge. Like the 3-4 defensive yeah. tackles, essentially.
3: Okay, I mean... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Kyle Love back. I know he's had some experience in that scheme. I well, I don't know in this scheme, but like he's had experience in like a 3-4...
1: Yeah, he was a that he was, was a starting defense. Four. He was a starting three four defensive end for the Patriots when they were in the Super Bowl. So yeah, yeah he does I have a wouldn't be surprised. There. Yeah, I don't want
3: to be. I I would not be surprised if they brought him back. I think it's probably time to like move on from Wes Horton. <laughs> I don't know. It's been like so many years. I mean, he's a he's an okay like rotation player. I just. I don't know. Doesn't really seem like um, worth everyone's time to bring him back.
1: Yeah, they kind of like made him a co-starter with Peppers last year and that really didn't work out. What were you going to say,
0: John? Wes Horton is like Wes Horton's like in that tier of NFL players where there's just like hundreds and hundreds of them available and the only thing that sets him apart from that hundreds and hundreds of players is that he's just been here before.
1: here you good i'm good um so i guess we'll jump back I'm, i guess i'll just start talking about the draft on defense if that's cool with everybody
0: yep i'm gonna clap again so i know where we start talking for real
3: wait did you guys hear um
0: <laughs> god damn it <laughs>
1: oh sorry 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 <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in the podcast, John. Le- leave it okay. in. <laughs> go ahead. Billy. What are you gonna were say, you Billy? Gonna <laughs> say?
3: No, I was gonna. Sorry, I was gonna talk about something um, that I read in uh, Joe Person's little Q and A today.
2: Go, go ahead. for it. Let's start with that. Please let it be what I think it's gonna be.
3: Well, yeah, it's about Daryl Williams. Yeah, it is what I wanted it to be.
2: All right. <laughs>
3: So he mentioned it on Twitter yesterday that Daryl Williams is a priority, which I don't agree with, but then what? today he kind of Yeah, he said resigning Daryl Williams is like a priority for them.
2: Jesus Never underestimate the stupid that can come from Charlotte, North Carolina.
1: God fucking damn it. Anyway. And
3: then and then so he countered. so today, like in his Q and A, like someone asked him, um, how much of a priority is Daryl Williams? And he said Fairly high, and then they asked him like, "What's the holdup?" and and, pers- and Joe person replied that yeah, you know, they probably want you know, excuse me, Williams camp probably is going to want Khalil money five years for for an extension, even though he's coming off an season any injury. But,
2: Let it be known, right now, February 20th, 10.05pm, if the Panthers sign Daryl Williams to a Matt Khalil contract, I will never support them again. I will stop rooting for them. I will still write for CSR because I will be a bitter asshole, even more than I already am now. But that'll be the end of my giving a shit fandom about the Panthers, if they're stupid enough to give Daryl Williams, what was it, five years, $75 million a year after he had ACL injury, like that's the dumbest thing, and that's saying a lot for this franchise. But that is the dumbest thing they could do.
1: Wow, just incredible, <laughs> incredible. I, I'm speechless. I, we I,
2: already have Taylor Moten at right tackle. Why do we need Daryl Williams at Matt Khalil money?
0: Say. It's just bad allocation of resources.
2: Like if he was the if he was a a Pro Bowl left tackle. And we didn't have one. Yeah, I get it, kinda. But we already have a right tackle.
1: But we have a left. Who's better
2: tackle, than Daryl Williams? We have a left. And tackle, we have a left tackle that we're going to pay fourteen million dollars next year. But we. Have, Why would you sign Daryl Williams to that kind of contract? It's stupid.
1: Because we have a left tackle who's in the best shape of his life, Brad. Obviously.
2: No, he's not in the best shape of his life. He's in the shape of his life. The greatest. You got to leave out the word best.
1: Life. No, the greatest shape. Um, what, I, what I don't understand
3: is this urgency to re-sign him and then play Taylor Moton in a position that he's barely played in his entire, like, football career on the left side. Like, he's literally never done it, that, like, outside of, like, a few snaps in that week one game.
2: Is he left-handed? Maybe that explains it.
3: <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just... I just don't understand this, like you know, the thinking behind it. Because, like, I don't think like the report is full of crap. Because I have seen other people like.
2: No, hit. I think Joe Person is accurate. I don't think he's lying at all. I believe that the Panthers may are making Daryl Williams a priority, and that they're willing to pay him seventy-five goddamn million dollars over five years to play right tackle worse than taylor moten would play right tackle for a a fifth of the amount of money that it would cost that does not surprise me in the least
1: god (laughs) uh i'm so just we haven't
2: had a we we don't have a pass rush but yet they're gonna spend that much money on daryl williams like it just it doesn't make sense if you want to give somebody five years, $75 million, go get Jadavian fucking Clowney, you know? And if
3: they, and if they wanted to give someone that much money on the offensive line, they should have just kept Norwell last yeah, year. Yeah,
2: keep Andrew Norwell. If you want to spend $70 million on an offensive lineman, keep your all-pro left guard, you know? Don't keep the guy that you've already replaced for the next three years at a fraction of the cost. I mean, it's... It's like the Graham, Gano Harrison, Butker situation, only it's 10 times worse because it's a whole lot more money. Like, why are you going to pay a premium for something when you can have it better quality for less money? Like, it just, it doesn't, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't understand why we have to be dumb. Like, it just, it blows my mind.
3: Um, so, reading a little bit about the reporting that's going on with these negotiations, I recall back in like, in training camp, um, they I because I think it was Jordan Rodriguez. At the time, he said some time around, like after the draft, that they were going to work on an extension for Williams. And then even in the training camp, I think uh, this is when Joe Person was still working at the uh, Observer. Um, I think both of them reported that the two sides had talked, but they were. Kind of drastically apart in 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 their valuation of the player. So,
2: yeah, I vaguely remember that too. And then he got hurt. And then
3: obviously he got hurt, so I kind of put the timetable off. So I part of me thinks like, okay, maybe they they don't have a very like high opinion of him. And coupled with that, with the injury, like, how much is Marty will like Marty Herney like gonna learn? from his past off because if this is the Marty Herney that a lot of us fear, then I can see him caving and giving him like and caving into like the demands of the agent. Because yeah. like, I I do feel like Williams will get paid on in the open market.
2: Oh, somebody's gonna give him five years seventy million dollars. There's no question. Somebody's gonna do it. But it needs to be one of these teams that have a, a lot of cap space and need an offensive lineman. Somebody like Oakland or Las Vegas or whatever they're going to be. Um, it doesn't need to be a team that already has somebody playing his position better than he did on a rookie contract. You know, like I said, if if this were, like, if we didn't have Matt Khalil and we needed a left tackle, it makes sense to a degree. Like, if, if Daryl Williams was a left tackle and we needed one, then, yeah, he's probably – kind of hamstrung and and Marty has to at least try to get him. But this is just, it's, it it just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's like buying hurricane insurance. If you live in Kansas, like it doesn't make any sense at all.
3: Yeah. What do you think, Brian?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me, me or John? (laughs) You're Brian. Uh, Oh man. Um, (laughs) So I I I almost understand the logic of trying to re-sign Daryl Williams in the sense that they think that Moten might be a good left tackle. Um, There's obviously not a lot of proven tape behind it, but for God's sake,s they're already spending how much on fucking Matt Khalil as it is, and they're going to spend money on Daryl Williams to really only play right tackle. I mean, I don't think there's been any indication from being drafted to now to say that Daryl Williams is worth a damn at left tackle. So <laughs> no, there it, isn't. It
2: honestly wouldn't surprise me for them to put Daryl Williams at right guard and move Trey Turner. Like that's how stupid I think the Panthers are. Like I have no confidence that they will do the right thing at all.
1: Maybe, ever. maybe Trey Turner is a good left guard. Maybe. You know? No. we tried
3: I remember that. The first time Trey Turner came in at left tackle, like Khalil Mack like completely abused him in that the greater was a fucking time. disaster.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
2: I like Trey Turner, don't get me wrong, he's a great right guard, but a left tackle he is not.
3: He's only like 6'2", 6'3". Like of course he's not going to be able to hold up at like any tackle position.
1: I was saying left guard. I mean,
3: Yeah. I don't know. Just put Daryl
1: Williams
2: at left guard. I mean, don't move you don't need to move Trey. Like, there's no point. Uh, Also uh, the
3: the, another interesting thing here is that I believe this is like the second year in a row where Williams has like you know, gone left in the season. He's gotten injured for the season and had his replacements actually played better than he did. Um well, we can. I guess we can argue about whether the replacement played better than he did, but I think this is the second year in a row where Williams has been replaced, and that position hasn't, hasn't been a drop off. Because it happened in 2015 with Mike Remmers. Because remember, Week One, Daryl Williams was a starter on the right side, and uh, I think they were playing Jacksonville, and then he got hurt, and then Remmers came in, and he became the uh, starting right tackle for the rest of that season. Um, and then obviously this past year with uh, you know, when he got injured and Moton took his spot at right, right tackle.
2: Yikes. I would rather see the Panthers re-sign Byron Bell and put him at left tackle than re-sign Darrell Williams for $70-plus million don't.
3: I don't, I don't fan think fan it'll be 70 plus million. I do think it'll be like in the $50 million range, though.
2: I I, I don't don't think, I I wouldn't give him more, I wouldn't give, I wouldn't give Daryl Williams more than three years, $35 million. I wouldn't do it because we don't know. We don't even know if he can walk like his knee. Do we even have video evidence that he can get up off of his couch and walk to the mailbox yet? Like, I mean, it's the second year in
3: a row. You know, it's the second year where he's gotten left just season early because of injury. So.
2: Yeah, I mean he's it the I hate to use this label because it's it's football and all that, but injury prone kind of starts to show up in the in the old scouting report, you know?
1: To be fair, the Panthers kind of forced him back in twenty eighteen.
2: Nobody forces anybody to do anything, well, Brian. They
1: shouldn't have let him play. It's somebody's fault. That you know I that. will agree with. I was gonna say that's somebody's fault and it you can't blame Williams for it because every player is going to try and come back and play. That's just how the fuck they are. Unless they're Matt Khalil. He's got a supermodel fucking wife. (laughs) and He's making $14 million. (laughs) Uh, God damn it. I'm so angry right now. Um, Yeah,
2: me too. uh, Thanks, Billy.
1: So let's move on to a hypothetical world where they don't, (laughs) they don't, Reside and him, and they address some other places on the defensive side of the ball or even offensive side of the ball. Um could we see the Panthers make a play at a cornerback, maybe? I
2: mean I think they might draft one.
1: Well, like Munerlin's pro I mean, I feel like Munerlin there there's it's all it's almost like a foregone conclusion at this point. I feel like Munerlin's gone. Like Nah. You don't think so?
3: No, I, I think no, they love Munnerlyn. Even 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 Joe reported that it's all but certainty certainty that him and uh Tori Smith are gone, which shouldn't be a surprise.
2: No, Tori Smith absolutely should go because we don't need him anymore, and there's no cap penalty for getting rid of him. Yeah, like there's no dead money at all. So because I think even with Captain Munnerlyn, there's some dead money. It's not a lot, but there's they some get
1: cap relief if they release him. It's not a lot. But they do get money back. It's like
2: two or three million dollars in dead cap to get rid of him. You know, yeah. no pun intended. But um, <laughs> like with Tory, it's it's none. Like his all he has is base salary. So it's it's a foregone conclusion.
1: Hmm. I mean,
2: but knowing Marty Herney, he'll probably trade Curtis Samuel or some shit. Oh
1: my God, don't say that just to
2: keep Tory on the roster. Jesus, I know John would would love
1: that. Yeah, John fucking loves it mute his mic can giggle to
0: himself it was muted because you guys were talking about stuff and i didn't want to just be breathing in the background (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) um fucking hell
1: god damn it daryl williams um so i was i was reading a couple mock drafts this week where um like, three, four, or even five defensive ends get picked in the first top 12 picks, which means that Carolina would not be in position for a defensive lineman. Um, I know that everybody is like, the Panthers need defensive linemen, the Panthers need defensive linemen, but that is a very realistic thing because pass rushers are something that every team can use. Whether they have them already or they need them, like, every team can use another one. Um, So if that were to happen in the draft, what do you guys think they should do? Should they go ahead and try to get the next defensive end? Should they try and go for a defensive tackle? I know, Billy, you've talked about a couple defensive tackles in your film breakdowns. Um, should they go for an offensive lineman? Um, go ahead, Billy. I'll start with you.
3: Yeah, I think – again, I want to be clear. I think when – we discussed it earlier. A defensive tackle would essentially be a 3-4 defensive end and, and they'd be a – regular 4-3 defensive tackle uh, if they go like dime or nickel. And th- there's certainly a lot of talent in, in that position in this draft. Uh, exciting talent too. It's not like you know the, these guys are duds in any way. Um, and even if... I, I still believe that even if they were playing the same uh, 4-3 scheme they played under Sean McDermott or Steve Wilkes that uh, the defensive tackle should be addressed because I don't think they've gotten enough production out of it. I think I... Discussed this last week, um but yeah, there's some really good guys. Like I, Ed Oliver, for some reason, continues to be mocked in the teens, and I just I I don't for the life of me see that happening. I like he was really productive. He was a fi- first of all, he's a five star recruit who went to Houston, um which doesn't really happen. I think Tom Herman was was a factor, and then and then um, looking at it, he was productive at Houston. And you know, he's super like freaky athletic. And like next week when he puts on a show at the Combine, I expect him to probably like start getting mocked in the top ten and eventually go get drafted in that area. Um, uh, another guy, uh, I did a breakdown on Draymond Jones. Um, he, he's good. I, I think he's more in the second-round range. I also expect him to test well. Um, there's a few other defensive linemen. Jeffrey Simmons, I don't know if they're going to consider him because he tore his ACL training and plus he had some off field uh, stuff uh, but he again he he would fit really well if, if he were healthy and probably didn't have the off field question marks but I think from my perspective it's they could probably get away with you know um, adding a couple defensive linemen in free agency because I don't I don't think the offensive line market is that appealing to me uh, and plus, they're probably going to spend it all on Daryl Williams anyway. <laughs> uh,
1: God damn it! But no, no. In all seriousness, I, I just, that. I
3: just, I just feel like they can probably get a really good left guard, or even like a t- left tackle prospect in the first like round. I think that is certainly feasible, uh, because like if there's going to be, let's just say two or three quarterbacks who get drafted, um, like four or five edge rushers and maybe like three different linemen. I think you're, you're, you're still going to get like a quality offensive line prospect like Jonah Williams uh, from Alabama. He, he would be like at the top of my board if he's still available.
1: Yeah. It's certainly seeming like this is going to be a draft that's deep with defensive linemen anyway. So an offensive lineman in the first after the, the top tier guys go might make sense. Um, Brad, what are your thoughts on if the Panthers drafted a defensive tackle for some reason in the first two rounds?
2: I wouldn't hate it as long as it's Ed Oliver. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know if I trust his gut and his heart because he didn't want to wear a jacket um, on the sideline. You know, Coach told him to put on a jacket and he didn't want to. I don't know if there's discipline there. Yeah. Uh, but no, seriously, I think he's probably like Billy said. He's the best defensive tackle in this, on the board. I don't think there's a chance in hell that he's there at 16 overall. I just I don't see it. I, I don't think he's going to make it past 10. Like I, I think, like Billy said, I think he's going to be the guy that at the combine everyone's going to be like, who the shit is this guy? And he's going to end up going in the top 10, top 12. So. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to entertain the thought of drafting him because I don't. I don't think we should trade up for him, and I don't think he'll fall to 16. He's in that. He's really good, but we don't have a shot. Group.
1: Dream Carolina um, offseason, They re-sign Daryl Williams to top tackle money, and they trade up for Ed Oliver. Yeah. Oh God. No. If the Panthers fans, off, would if they trade crazy.
2: up anything
3: in the first round, they are even more delusional than I thought they'd be. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they totally are going to. Oh my god! We put it it to to put the icing on the cake. They're going to trade our comp pick to
3: move up and get a defensive (laughs) tackle.
1: Oh no! That's the thing. Like after I
0: read that, unless you're
3: looking for a quarterback, there's really no reason to trade
2: up.
0: I was about to say, like after I read that 538 article about that, there's no such thing as a good drafter. That it's almost all random chance. Um, anything where you're... Anybody that trades up, unless, like you said, it's for a quarterback, which is, you know, a very particular skill set and a little bit easier to evaluate, maybe, or more necessary to evaluate, I guess. Um, if you trade up for anything else, you're dumb. I agree. Because you're basically just taking weighted... You're just basically buying weighted lottery tickets. <clears throat>
2: Just trust your scouting, trust your board, and when a guy falls and you see him there and you're like, hey, we had a first-round grade on this guy, we actually happen to need a a player at the position he plays, draft him. Like, if you pick 16th, don't worry that, you know, Mel Kuyper said he shouldn't get picked until 37. Like, if you see him at 16 and you need him, then just fucking draft him. Don't worry about it. Like, don't draft somebody that – don't draft a kicker in the first round or, you know, shit like that. But, you know, just trust your people and just get the people you want to get. And don't trade up. Don't do it, Marty. Don't trade up. It's a dumb idea. Um, but to, to answer your question, Brian, if if it's not Ed Oliver, I don't want them to draft a defensive tackle in the first round uh, and if the mock drafts where all the good defensive ends go in the top twelve, top fifteen, I would rather them take an offensive lineman. Um, you know, Cody Ford, Jonah Williams, somebody like that. I would much rather them do that or draft a free safety.
1: Mm, music to my ears. Um, <laughs> go ahead, John.
0: Uh, just I don't really. Yeah, it's pretty much what Brad said. I unless there's something very odd happening there's no reason there shouldn't be a free safety or defensive end or offensive lineman particularly tackle that's worthy of going in that in our first round pick like I can't I can't imagine a scenario where it's like the there's a defensive tackle or a linebacker or something that's just so much better than any of those, anybody at any of those positions that it's not worth taking. Oh any God, those they're going to
2: draft a linebacker, aren't they? They're going to draft that guy from, what is it? LSU.
0: Well, I don't even think
2: um, he'll be available. Yes. I hope not. Because if he is, that's who we'll no, draft.
3: The, I kind of know with these draft guys, like about a month ago, they were like, they, they were saying like that wide receiver was like a major need for the Panthers and they should draft on the first round. <laughs> I just, like, I, for the life of me, I'm like, what are no. you guys talking about? And then, for some reason, like, a bunch of these draft guys just, like, teamed up and just completely, like, invaded my mentions. And
2: <laughs> you the think only is- wide receiver we should draft in the first round is DK Metcalf because he probably can p- play left out. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Do you know what I think it is, Billy? Billy, you know what I think it is? Um, I feel like just, you know, with, like, recreational scouting, like – you know, draft people is that there's kind of a, a tendency to overvalue like glamour positions because they're more, fun. Yeah, oh, that's hundred percent that. true. Yeah. They're more and, fun. I, to I, watch. Another
3: thing that kind of irks me. And I, that's why like, I, I never really, like, I don't really care about mock drafts because I just know, like, especially like when a Kuiper or a McShay or, um, you know, Daniel, Jeremiah, whoever's doing it. Like, I know like they don't watch all 32 teams that closely. Yeah, I that, that's why when, like, I read, like, whatever Joe Person or someone on the beat is saying that, like, like I'll I'll read it and see, like, okay, maybe that's an area that they could potentially address. Um, yeah, that's just kind of, like, how I feel about it. I, I don't really take anything to an, in consideration with mocks until, like, probably April.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, there's only so many mocks you can do. Like, there's only so many... Only so many combinations. Like, we all know that Nick Bosa is going number one overall. Um, We all know that the the Alabama offensive lineman is going to go in the top 10, most likely. We all know that um, some of these Clemson defensive linemen are going to go in the top half of the first round. We all know that at least one, if not two, quarterbacks are going to leap into the top 15 because teams get desperate. Uh, Drew Locke is going to get overdrafted. Somebody's going to make the mistake of spending a top 10 pick on Drew Locke. Um, You know, the good Josh Allen is going to get drafted early. Uh, You know, there, there's, there's so many guarantees that you can't do, but so many mock drafts before you're just repeating the same one over and over again. And that's why I hate them. Like, I hate your mock draft. I don't even care who you are. like, I don't like your mock draft. I don't want to read your mock draft. I don't give a shit that you spent all day on it. I don't care that you traded down and that you accumulated 15 third round picks and you bundled those together and you moved down into the sixth round and you managed to draft Nick Bosa 195th overall and FanSpeak gave you an A plus for your draft grade and that you said you made the Panthers a Super Bowl contender because you got Nick Bosa in the sixth round. I don't give a shit. I don't
1: care. <laughs> uh, I know. I know. You made
0: Brian cry. That's, that's, eight. I'm laughing
1: because we've had this exact rage conversation in our Slack chat before. So that's your, that's your
0: boy
3: wagon.
1: Oh man. Don't even. It's,
2: I just, I don't, I don't care. Like, and I know that sounds mean, but, and it's not just Panthers fans. It's every team. Every team has fans that do this shit. I
1: mean, it, like, it is a pretty, like,
2: I just
3: fun exercise. It's just never...
2: I, it's fun, I guess. I mean, like, it's like a video game in a way. Like, you can pick... All this, but like, be real about it. Like, don't be like, "Oh, I, I, tra- I traded down from the 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 twelfth pick overall, and I got all the way into the third round without giving anything else up." And guess what? I got Josh Allen. Like, no, you fucking didn't. That's not possible. That's not going to happen. Like, unless he kills an orphanage full of kids the day before the draft, the dude's going in the top five. Like, it's not.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's not real. Let's not let's not forget about Lel Collins, though. Just just saying, Brad. Anything is possible. Yeah, but he still went early, no, didn't he? Got, he no, was he undrafted. undrafted.
2: Oh, that's right. I was thinking about oh. the other dude. Who, <laughs> um, what's his name? The one that got caught Tunsil. smoking a bong. Oh,
1: yeah, Larimi Tunsil. Tunsil. That's who I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He was literally was smoking pot on draft night is when it leaked and he still got, what was he like 15th overall or something like that? And
3: and he's been like really, really good for them. So it's almost like,
2: yeah. Teams don't care about that shit. They're going to draft the guys they want. I mean, they just, well, no, even, even last year, I mean, you know, Tyreek Hill got drafted. Uh, Antonio Callaway got drafted. Um, you know, uh, Joe Mixon got drafted like teams don't give a shit. If you can play football, they're going to draft you. They're not going to just not draft you at all. So you in your mock draft. When a good player goes in the third round, it's most of the time. It's not realistic.
1: What were you saying,
3: Billy? Uh, no, I'm just, I, I think Brian or excuse me, Brad is right there. Um Yeah. I think it was two years ago. Uh, the Gary on Conley, he had, um, questions arise like about a week before the draft something about maybe a sexual assault or um, someone complained i remember that yeah yep. and he still went in the first round um
1: yep the raiders pick yeah
3: him. he's been pretty good for them too so it's so he clearly has a lot of talent
0: my draft bad yeah. people is the and i made.
2: need to i need to clarify this this isn't my commentary on whether or not they should get drafted, because I think that if you get busted for something like domestic violence, you probably should not be drafted, depending on the situation. But that doesn't mean they won't get drafted. NFL teams care about one thing and one thing only. Will you help me us win football games for the four years or five, depending on what round it is, that you're here? Like, that's all they care about. Or if about. the Panthers, if you've played for them before. but yeah, Or if you're the Panthers, are you a nice guy? <laughs> and in five years, can we overpay you instead of drafting your replacement?
0: Hmm.
1: Agreed. I think my thing with the mock drafts is um, I saw Andre Dillard, who's like one of, I think he's like considered the best pass protecting tackle in this draft. I've seen him mocked from anywhere from the first to the third round by NFL.com draft analysts. So it's like, it's all just a game really, but you know, whatever fills the time of our meaningless existence until draft day, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I,
2: I'm not going to shit on people for actually spending their time doing it because I do things that people probably think is stupid too. Like everybody does percent. But you know, it's there's a difference between doing it and then doing it and saying, "Hey, look what my my mock draft! Look at what I did!" You know, I got an A plus grade from you know, blah, 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 blah. You know nobody cares. Like it's like your fantasy football team. Nobody cares.
1: This is probably a good time to bring up that I had an idea for the podcast that we should do before the draft: um, a live mock draft here with the four of us. So you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. I don't know anything about no. any of the players.
2: I'm I'm going to be doing shit like um I think that dude has a cool name. I'm going to pick him cuz I don't I don't follow college football prospects and their draftability. I I watch good teams play college football and hate my life because I root for a team coached by Will Muschamp. So, I don't really Care about college draft prospects.
1: That's fair. Um, so Is there anything else we want to touch on?
0: Nah, we should we should wrap it up because it's <laughs> been a pretty long show. Yeah, and it's getting late.
1: All right. Well. Um, Dang, yeah, it, it is, late. is getting late. Um, from all of us <gasps> here at the cheap sounding podcast. <laughs> perfectly timed by Billy uh, this is Brian joined by John Brad and Billy and we'll be talking to you about draft and free agency throughout the next several weeks so keep listening keep sounding podcast and have a great week and we'll talk to you next week see it later keeps the football takes off to the end zone for the touchdown
3: he takes the hand and he scores Avoided the
1: Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown. But Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass for Caffrey, touchdown. Hand off down for Jonathan Stewart and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by keeping He has more than, those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know.
0: It's a road win in New England.